Well, that was an eventful start to the day. <laughs> um, let's, I'm just going to take a minute just to kind of take stock and invite the, for myself the Holy Spirit to come. It's funny, um, do you know, so often, well not so often, but regularly often, when we do something that's really important, it just feels like there's always opposition to what we're going to say. And you know, we've never had the computer crash in that way at the very start of our going live. Um, and it would be when we're sharing this talk with the whole church and really looking ahead. So, you know, I'm really excited now about what I'm about to share and about what God is calling us to over the next couple of years. Um, so it's great for the guys, Marley Hill, it's lovely to, for us to join together. I hope that it's now working. Um, so on Thursday, I did the first thing, first something I haven't done for 20, well, I think it's 20 years. I went to a cricket nets. Um, if you watch me, I am walking with limps, and don't make me laugh because it actually hurts. Um, but I went to a cricket nets. I turned up to Cramlington Cricket Club cricket nets, and um, do you know what was amazing? Was even though I hadn't played for 20 years, I remembered what to do. I, I picked up my bat and I hit the balls, and I was able to bowl and even catch, and um, it was just great. Pardon? I had to go to the physio the next day, but let's not talk about that. Um, but, but you know, for probably three or four years, twice a week, I would go to Leicestershire Junior kind of training sessions and be coached around cricket. And instinctively, I remembered what I was coached. And they, the coaches used to take me to one side and they used to show me what to do. They used to demonstrate how to bowl and to bat and to catch and all of that. And I would watch and I would imitate what they were doing. You know, another word for student is apprentice. It's super tenuous what I've just started this talk with, um, and um, because I wanted to get in the fact that I played cricket again. Um, but, you know, I just did. Um, and, um, but, but, we, but another word for student is apprentice. And, um, you know, we are called to imitate. We are called to copy. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to be his apprentices. And today we are going to start a two-week series on, called Joining with the Father. That's going to be the title of our vision series, Joining with the Father. And we're going to unpack what we see the Father doing all around us. And we're going to think about how as apprentices of Jesus, we are called to join in with what the Father is doing. There is an amazing passage we find in John 5, 17 to 20. And it's pivotal in his understanding how we are to join with God as individuals and as a church family. And um, the story is that Jesus is healing on the Sabbath and the religious leaders are not happy. And um, this is how Jesus responds to them. And he says this, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, 
and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. You know, why is this such an important passage at the start of a vision series? Well, it's important because we must understand the context in which Jesus lived and this principle and these patterns that he passed down through the generations to his church. See, Jesus was surrounded with a rabbi-student culture. I found this kind of definition of the culture back in Jesus' day. The decision to follow a rabbi as a Talmud meant total commitment in the first century as it does today. Since a Talmud was totally devoted to becoming like the rabbi, he would have spent his entire time listening and observing the teacher to know how to understand the scriptures and how to put it into practice. Jesus describes his relationships to his disciples in exactly this way. He chose them to be with him so that they could be like him. Luke 6.40 says this, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. You see this in, you see this in the passage of John 5. Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus, he respected the Father, he trusted the Father, and he joined in with what the Father was doing. He was obedient to the Father. You can see this rabbi-student relationship running throughout the ministry of Jesus and all the way through to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, this is the model that has been passed down through the generations of the church. It is the pattern by which we must live today. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing and the disciples copied what Jesus was doing and so therefore were ultimately doing what the Father was doing also. So why is this important today for Life Vineyard in February 2022 as we look to the year ahead and beyond? Why is this principle, this model, this pattern for life so important? Well, the simple answer is this. You know, Jesus said himself, the son can only do what he sees the father doing. You know, he actually can't do anything outside of that. And that is the same for us. We need to join in with what we see the father doing. You know, as followers of Jesus, uh, churches, there are some universal things that we just read in the Bible that we all have to do, all must do. You know, like we meet together like this and at Marley Hill and, and you know, gathering online in, in these days and um, to worship, to, to learn from the Bible, to pray and to have fellowship. You know, all of the churches do that at all times. You know, it's why we hear these incredible stories of Christians from all over the world who with these underground churches who risked their lives to come together to worship, to pray, to learn from God's word, to have fellowship. You know, that is what the Bible tells us to do. You know, it tells us to meet in homes and to break bread and to communicate and share the gospel of Jesus. And I could go on to so many things we just read in the Bible. However, there is more. You see, we are also told to listen to a speaking God. We are told to listen to a speaking God who has set aside works for all of us to do and for us as a church community to do in this part of the world, in this generation. See, Life Vineyard was the Father's idea. It was birthed by God and with a vision, with a dream given by the Father. 
We share so much in common with the other churches across this region, but we are also called to be unique, called to press into different aspects of church life and mission. We are called to express uniquely the church and demonstrate the kingdom of God in specific ways. See, the question we will be exploring over this week and next is what is the Father doing in us as a community and through us across this region and beyond? And how are we going to join in more fully with what he is doing? Now, Nicola and I want Life Vineyard to be a community that learns to see what the Father is doing and that's brave enough and obedient enough to join in. And this has always been the way. It's always been the way. We love, we would love you to join one of the next two Meet the Vineyards that Nick just mentioned on the 27th or the 13th at the different locations, whichever one suits you best. It doesn't matter if you normally go to one of the other venues. If you can only make one, just turn up to that. We're all one church. And, um, and it's really important that for people to be part of that because it, we talk about our story, not our story, although it is partly our story, but our story as a church. Because our story as a church has been one of seeing what the Father is doing and joining in. That has been the pattern. We see what the Father is doing and joining in. Nicola and I planted Life Vineyard back then. It was Tyneside Vineyard, for those of you old enough to remember that it was called something different. And um, we were 29 years old, and we'd been in the vineyard movement for four years. Um, We'd um, not done a great deal of leading. We'd maybe um, planted a few life groups, and we'd pioneered a few outreach kind of activities and ministries. We'd been on the discipleship year, leadership development year. We'd done a few things, but I wouldn't say we were experienced leaders. Um, and so we planted this church, and, and um, we, we were like, what? what do you do? What do you do? And um, over the last few years, we've supported other church planters as they've explored their call to church planting, and we've kind of helped them to think around, are they ready? Do they need more experience and training? And every time I'm doing it, I'm thinking, wow, you know, if somebody had done that to us back in 2006, would they have let us plant a church? Because we really um, were pretty inexperienced leaders. And as I look back at that time, you know, on the 12th of September 2006, when we had our first meeting, and the months and years after that, there's a big part of me that's grateful that we actually didn't know that much, that we're actually pretty naive in terms of leadership inexperienced in leadership. You know, the only thing we knew what to do was to see what the Father is doing and try and join in with it. You know, and that's been our model. That's been our pattern all the way through because every step of the way, there's new challenges, new, new things to do. And we just want to see what the Father's doing and join in. And that's all we knew what to do. You know, we knew that this church was to be a church that was called to go to people was called to be scattered, was called to go and tell people about Jesus and not just to expect them to come to us. And so early days, we started healing on the streets. And I remember our first ever healing on the streets kind of afternoon. There was Nicola and myself and our three-year-old Hannah, who hopefully isn't watching this YouTube. Well, I hope she is, but um, dressed as a green Teletubby. That was, that was the Healing on the Streets team. And um, we set up the banner, and we set up the speaker, 
And let's just say, if, if a scale of one to 10 on successful afternoons, this was a minus one. Um, the, the wind blew the, the banner over, the speaker went crashing down, people just laughed at us as we, as we walked on by. We prayed for nobody. But knowing the pleasure of the Father, it was 10 out of 10. Because we knew that that's what he'd called us to join him in doing. He'd called us to join in with telling people about Jesus. And so we, um, we were, it was the start of something. You know, and part of our story as a church has been breaking the hard ground. It's been taking those steps of, of pressing out, of seeing what the Father's doing and joining in. And it was such a joy a few years later to see Mark Marx come over and train what must have been 100 people um, when all the churches came together to do this ministry united. And to kneel with, what, probably 60-plus people in the centre of Northumberland Street and then pray for so many people for so many years was just amazing. You see, we, we stepped out. We saw what the Father was doing. We trusted. And we were able to break some ground. And it was just wonderful to see the kingdom come in the years that followed. You know, as I've reflected on, on this story, on our story, the Father has reminded me is how he has made us to lead and the character of this church. You know, we are to lead, we are to be a church that is instinctive, that is naive in the way we follow God, that is expectant, that's not limited by anything, but rather chases after the Father, joining in with whatever he is doing. That is who we are called to be. It's who we've always been. And Nicola, you're going to tell us a little story. Sorry. I would bend down, but I actually can't bend down. <laughs> <'Cause I'm so laughs> okay. Here comes my story. Here comes my story. It's coming. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so this is, well, 2006. Six. So we had just moved up. God given us a dream so we moved we came and uh, we'd moved into a house in Heaton and I just went for a walk one afternoon you know when you just kind of go for a walk and you're just Jesus what is it where is it who is it like where am I meant to be and I just found myself wandering and for about a year before we actually moved every Sunday night we had this big map of Tyneside and we would sit for a couple of hours and just pray and seek the Lord and say, where is it that you would highlight for us to, to, to meet people, to do things when we eventually get to Newcastle kind of thing? Anyway, one day uh, I was just out for a walk and I walked from Heaton across to Biker and I found myself walking down into Biker Walk and I stopped and stood in, in this kind of space uh, in Biker Wall and I didn't know uh, what it was called at the time. Uh, and I stood there in this area and I, and I just felt this, the sense of God with me, saying like, this is a place. And uh, I didn't know anything about the place anyway, but, I, but that place is actually Raby Cross, which is now where the pantry is. And I think, wow, the Lord was showing us something. The Father was moving, was stirring, even to make you walk that way, just listening for him. And, um, and so, yeah, the, that's Raby Cross, which is where the pantry is. 
And uh, I was, rem- I'd for- kind of, you know, you forget things. It's terrible how you forget what God has done, isn't it, sometimes? And the other week, last Friday, we actually um, did a funeral for a lady, uh, lovely Janice, who was a customer at the Biker Pantry. And um, as I stood here last Friday leading her funeral, this, this church was packed uh, with her friends and family and neighbours from that particular area, that part of Biker. And I just thought, wow, we, we are he- we hear in such little whispers what the Father's doing. And sometimes it can take years and years to actually uh, come to fruition. But that was my story. Yep, that's cool. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Try and stand still, David. That's what I'm being told to do. And um, <laughs> it's all right, Nicola. You can tell me what to do. Um, back at the start of the pandemic, we um, re- we hosted a um, prophetic morning, um, some training and some other bits and pieces that we did. And um, one of I, I did one of the talks. And in the talk, I um, I had a phrase. And you know when you say something and you just know God's on it, and there's a Kind of, it's more than just a, a phrase. It, it, God is kind of wants to speak through it. And this is what I said. We are to listen to God with our running shoes on. We are to listen to God with our running shoes on. And you know, it caught something, captured something of our DNA of who we are as a church. We are to be a people who listen to God with our running shoes on, quick to chase after, quick to follow. You know, this last two years has been an interesting couple of years. It's been challenging, difficult painful for so many of us and um, but yet God has been at work my father is always at his work to this very day and I am too you know every step of the way through the last two years God has been working across this region and in our instinctiveness in our naivety we defaulted to our God-given wiring and chased after the father we searched for what the father was doing and we joined in Tom and Frank and others did a ridiculously amazing job of getting a set up online in five days, um, which was just brilliant. And the pastoral team, the community pastors, the connection and encouragement team, just brilliant at keeping us connected, keeping us together as a family. But we also saw God working in different areas, different things, and we chased after him. And the first area we saw God at work, and we decided to join in with him, was around compassion. There should be some pictures coming up shortly. But we started a food bank. And we, that food bank evolved into a city-wide emergency food project where we delivered same-day food to people who were hungry. And we partnered with other churches, with the council, got behind it, and we're just so grateful. I remember receiving an email from one of the members of the council that went along the lines of this. We just feel terrible that we keep asking you to help, you know, but you always do such an amazing job. That was their words. So, and of course, they weren't just talking about us. They were talking about City Church and Jesmond Parish Church and Heaton Baptist Church and the others that joined in to make this project happen. What an amazing testament, though, that the city looked on and saw the church and thought, wow, if we ask the church to do something, they're going to do a great job. Brilliant. So good. You know, and all through the pandemic, the pantry were doing phenomenal. You know, membership grew. They were a consistent presence all through the pandemic. Just serving hundreds upon hundreds of people week after week. And we saw such favor, you know, financial gifts, food donations, partnerships. And at the turn of the year, we saw Regen and Magnet and others 
come together to renovate the space into that beautiful community space that we now have down the pantry. And we're excited to see what the Lord does. You know, we also saw grass boots. You know, Jeff and others pioneered grass boots to give children and young people who have not got the shoes they need, the shoes to kind of make the best start in life, just so good. You know, the Father is at work across this region, and we are joining with him through compassion. And it's just wonderful to see what the Lord is doing. You know, one of our DNA, something that we are so passionate about and we know the Lord has called us to, is to serve the hungry and the vulnerable across our region. So we've chased after God with our running shoes on. We've joined the Father in demonstrating compassion. Next week, I'm going to share about a new project called the Pop-Up Pantry, where we're partnering with the council again, but more of that next week. So secondly, we are joining in with the Father in serving children. Over the pandemic, the Lord really put on our hearts the fact that the children needed light in the dark times. The Father invited us to tell schools and pupils about the light of the world. And you know, with Light Up Christmas in 2020 and Light Still Shines in 2021, um, there should be again some pictures coming up of what we were up to. And so we dreamt with Jesus and we came up with the idea of Christingles in schools. Um, and in 2020 and 2021, combined, as a church, we provided 11,000 Christingle packs for students. 11,000, I know. I, there's definitely, I mean, and when you actually stop and think, that probably represents maybe seven, 8,000 pupils and their families because every pupil took their Christingle home to their families. Thousands upon thousands of people heard something of the gospel, learned something about Jesus because we as a church listened to the Father. We joined in and we chased after him. I honestly believe there's going to be a kingdom harvest from those Christingles. We may not see it ourselves. It may be years down the line. It might be other churches, other people. But we will see the fruit of those seeds that are sown in those families and those pupils. It's been wonderful to see Noah's Ark kind of coming back to life again after the pandemic. You know, every week we have about 40 plus Babies and toddlers who gather at both Marley Hill and here at Wall's End. You know, and plus on top of that, all their family, their parents and carers and grandparents who come along. It's just wonderful community. And each week they hear a little snippet of the gospel, a little snippet about Jesus. I don't know whether you know this, but a third of the church are under 18. A third of this church are under the age of 18. Every week across both locations, we generally have, for every two adults, one child. I mean, that's just amazing. That's just wonderful. You know, we're seeing the Father at work in so many young people's lives. And we have a responsibility as a church, as adults, to steward what God is doing with our young people, both in the church and beyond the church. We need to continue to join the Father as he continues to work in the lives of children. Thirdly, we are joining with the Father in creativity. Our worship team are amazing. It's so easy to take them for granted that they turn up every week and lead us in worship three times on a Sunday, both here at Marley Hill and then at Revive. 
And through the pandemic, they served week after week, making sure that we could worship at home in so many kind of wonderful ways. And then they came together last November. And for two days, they put together the most wonderful album of songs, homegrown songs, 12 songs and one litany, and just wonderful, called Spirit Breathe. Hopefully, you should see some pictures of them recording it. Why did they do that? They did it because the Father was stirring creativity in the church, was putting on the hearts of Jeff and the worship teams to write songs that reflected his heart for his church and for his world. But it's not just songwriting. You know, we have artists and poets and writers in the church. These are all pictures that have been painted and drawn. So if you flick through, there should be a few others from, of people in this church who have drawn them. And um, I'll just let them flick through. Such talent, such creativity. You may not know this, but Tom has a, a little website on the side um, called Spoken Worship, in which he takes some of his writings and he's put them in a way that we can access. I'd really recommend, I think that's the next one, I'd really recommend you having a look at it. It's just brilliant. Prayers and litanies and thoughts that are just really inspiring, really wonderful. It's no surprise, we serve a creator God, don't we? We serve the creator. Is there any wonder why he stirs creativity in our midst? But there's something special, something wonderful that he's doing at Life Vineyard around creativity that we need to press into, we need to chase after, we need to steward and invest in. And finally, we join with the Father in building community. Yeah, we are seeing the Father at work and we're joining with him in the areas of compassion, children and creativity. But at the root of it all is community. Community, family. You know, there's some pictures that will slide through as I continue to talk. Of just some of the things over the last couple of years that we've been up to as a family, as a community. You know, come as you are. Come as you are. That is the invitation of Jesus, to come as you are. And it's our invitation to everyone to come as you are, to be part of the family, to be part of God's church. You know, community... Friendship, belonging has been such an important part of this church's story. And God has placed his favor upon it every step of the way. And the last two years have been tough. It has been an assault on community, on fellowship, on friendship. And yet this church has prevailed. Friendship has endured. And the Father has shown us that, he, that we are to invest, steward, community in new and intentional ways. Nikolai really believes the Father is drawing his church together. That the Father is, um, is, is drawing new people to this church family. You know, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. Do you know, when I look back over the last two years, it is just wonderful to see the community that have triumphed over such adversity. The Father is at his work and he's going to do so much more.
We need to join the Father in building community here at the vineyard and across this region. <laughs> Get yourself involved in a small group. That's what I've just been told as well. And um, so, we've seen the Lord working in four ways. And we're going to call them the four C's. Four things that God is inviting us to join in with doing. It's not exhaustive. There's all the other things that we do as a church. But there's four areas that he's just highlighted to us. And that is compassion, children, creativity, and community. The f- you know, we are to join him in those things. We are to do the works of his kingdom in the areas of compassion, children, creativity, and community in the weeks, months, and years ahead. You know, I need to come into land, um, and I'm sure many of you have heard this on the album, and it's on Tom's website as well. <clears throat> but Tom wrote this wonderful litany um, poetry around called Rebuilders and it's taken from Isaiah 58 and Nick's just going to read that to us here we go it's called The Rebuilders and it's based in Isaiah 58 You might want to close your eyes as you listen to this and just let your imagination go with these words. We, the people of God, will be rebuilders, restorers and renovators. Where others see rubble, we see potential. Where others see brokenness, we see an unrealized dream. Where community has been lost, we get stuck in to help find it once again. This is our mission. This is our call. This will be our legacy. Break chains, fight exploitation, free the oppressed, cancel debts. Nothing less will do. It's no use just talking about it. True fasting requires action. Let our worship on a Sunday be the same as how we live on a Monday. Root out our unfair practices, our victim blaming and our gossip. Take our religion and electrify it with your power. Hook it up to the mains. Feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked, give ourselves to those without. Nothing less will do. Then our light will rise in the darkness and you will show us where to go. You will make us as strong and firm. We will be like well-watered garden that never runs dry. You'll use our past to build our future, re-establish ancient foundations. We will redig wells and let water flow. This is our mission. This is our call. This will be our legacy.
Uh, brilliant. If you want to um, listen to that again, then again, it's the first song kind of on the new album. It's just such beautiful, um, beautiful writing. You know, next week, Nicola over at Marley Hill and um, me here at Wall's End are going to unpack what the Father is inviting us to invest and steward in the weeks and months ahead. You know, how are we going to invest in those four C's um, and join in doing even more of what he is doing? But I want to finish today with a line from that, the Rebuilders. He's, Tom wrote this, he will use our past to build our future. You know, we've seen the Father at his work in the life of this church. We have joined him in demonstrating compassion to a hurting world. Um, we have seen him at work in the lives of so many children. We have seen creativity beginning to blossom and grow. And our church community has triumphed over adversity of this pandemic. However, the Father has only just begun to work in these areas. He has so much more that he is inviting us to join him in doing and creating. He has shown us over the last two years, over the last 15 years, what he wants to do in our future. And the next, and next week, we'll press in. Now, I'm inviting you to dream together, to take hold of the invitation of the Father and to once again join in with what he is doing, to listen to God with your running shoes on. No, we serve the living God, a heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, who sent his son Jesus to bring renewal to all things. Now, what a privilege it is to, and a joy it is to be invited by the Father to join him, to steward and invest in his kingdom, in his church, in the ministries of compassion, children, creativity, and community. So we're going to look next week more specifically at what the Father is inviting us to do. But I want to finish today as we go into a time of worship. Do you want to come and join us, guys? With that question, are we going to listen to God as individuals and as a church family? Are we going to listen to God with our running shoes on? Are we going to listen to God expectant that he is at his work and willing and, and obedient to join in with what he is doing. Shall we pray?